The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. So, good morning to you once again, and welcome to the third and final hour of Human Impact on Freedom 106.5 FM. Good morning to you if you're just joining me. Got something special for you in this hour. On our line right now, we have Mrs. Nicole Dyer Griffith. She is a former Miss Trinidad and Tobago, and she moved into the corporate sphere in the group called Group Corporate Communications Manager at Ansa Macal. That was some years ago. Uh, Ms. Nicole Diagrapha served as Senator and Parliamentary Secretary in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Communication. She is also the founder of O2N Foundation, also known as Oxygen with Nicole Foundation, a non-profit organization. In addition, she is a patron of the Diabetes Association of Trinidad and Tobago. Today, she is here on a different mission, uh, well, let's say good morning to you, Nico. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Just good morning. I'm no longer patron of, of that. Okay. I, um, yeah. How I long ago? Yeah. And how long ago was that? Um, last year. Last year. Because you know, the patronage runs for a specific period. Period of time. And then you, you give it over. Yeah. All right. And you're currently uh, giving mention to a petition. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your aim is? Certainly, Tasca. Well, the petition is was very clear. It's a petition to have the position held by Fitzgerald Hines, the Honorable Fitzgerald Hines, removed and uh, revoked and removed and replaced, as well as that of the sitting commissioner of police to be replaced as well. Mm -hmm. You see, Tasca, um, in Trinidad and Tobago, what we have come to appreciate is a lack of accountability across the board. We generally do not hold persons accountable. Persons in leadership, things happen, things transpire, and within 24 to 48 hours, the next drama occurs. We forget about what would have happened 24 hours before, and we just move on from one thing to the next, not holding anyone accountable or responsible for anything in particular. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I decided to do this is because I have always been involved in activism in whatever way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will do it publicly, sometimes I'll do it privately, but I've always participated in some measure of governance in Trinidad and Tobago. One of the fallacies we tend to believe is that to participate in governance means that you have to be in office. You do not have to be in office to participate in some part or form of politics in the country. Politics is about the way in which we live, the way in which we do business, so that there are many ways so to do. And with the horrendous murder of these four young persons recently, followed almost immediately by another heinous crime against this 13-year-old child. I, I could not remain silent. I just couldn't continue with doing everyday things and pretending as though these things are not occurring on a daily basis, pretending as though it's not being exacerbated. And just remaining silent. Mm -hmm. And um, you know Tusk is Tusker, yes? Correct yes, me, Tusker. I call it Tusker. Yeah, sure. Yes. No problem. So you know Tusker. I just a couple of weeks ago, I had an entire news crew come to my office, find me and come to my office to ask me about a non-national representing Trinidad and Tobago in the beauty pageant. Mm. After this, and after this petition, you are the first person to call me to ask me to speak of it. And that speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wonder 
where is the outcry? I sometimes wonder where is the collective conscious? Where is the national consciousness? Have we gone astray in terms of what we prioritize, what we see as important? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the issues that led me to doing something. So um, uh, just uh, probably to feel, well, to take off the edge of them coming to you for the um, the beauty pageant, probably as you were involved in Miss TNT, they felt that your your place or idea would have had some sort of um, weight on the subject. But I understand what you're saying about um, prioritizing and, and understanding the importance of well, national security on a whole over a beauty pageant. Uh, your petition, you're saying that you uh, is 100,000 signatures you would need, uh, you're aiming for? I can only dream. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that was the number that you called, but my, my first question or main question to you is if you were to suggest someone to replace the now um, Minister of National Security, who would it be and why? That would not be my place. Mm. The appointment of persons to sit in political office, the remit lies with the Prime Minister. And the Prime Minister would have the best look and feel to identify who would be able to, to provide the level of service, the level of result that we're currently seeing. You see, when you sit in a position of leadership, mm -hmm. one of the things that you assume in positions of leadership is responsibility. And when you assume that responsibility, you have to be held accountable. And therefore, if in your tenure, in being in a position of leadership, there is lack of accountability, there is constant and consistent failure, then someone has to be held to account. And so in terms of looking at the performance, that is for the remit of the prime minister. And he has persons, and you see, one of the things I said, Tosca, when I mm -hmm. spoke about this petition, this is not political. I mean, some political persons, politically partisan persons, immediately came and, and do what they would do, jump on saying, oh, yes, it's political and blah, blah, blah. But that is not the point, because I can sit here and tell you that I know there are people resident within the current cabinet who mm -hmm. for certain can do a better job in terms of creating strategies that would be more impactful, creating strategies that we have not seen before, creating strategies that you and I can sit and hear this, the, the long list of things that we hear ad nausea, more patrols, more roadblocks, the usual thing, the mundane things right. that even those with criminal intent can tell you. A criminal or someone with criminal intent can tell you if there's a roadblock here, that roadblock there is going to be there for the next hour so that anybody has time to call this person, hey, turn around and do this and that because things are done in route. There is nothing that is dynamic and impactful. So therefore, to take it back to the question of who would I suggest, that is for the Prime Minister. There are people there, and I will not call their names because I don't want to get them in any hot water, mm -hmm. but there are persons resident in the current cabinet who I am certain can do a much more effective and impactful job in the role of, commission, of um, Minister of National Security. Well, let me ask you this question. You just mentioned a few things that are problems. You talked about knowing the criminal element, knowing about roadblocks, etc. It seems that we know what needs to be done is uh, implementation is the problem. So probably we need to look more at the uh, implementers, for want of a better word, uh, so that they can be held accountable because we seem to know the solutions, but we're just afraid to implement them. Do you uh, think that that could be part of the solution? It's a combination. Mm. It's uh, Crime is a multi-dimensional, multi-sectoral element. 
And in order to treat with any level of crime, you have to look at it from different perspectives. You have a primary, secondary, and tertiary level perspective when you speak to issues of treating with crime. So from the primary level, you have to treat with things from the policing level and so on, mm -hmm. and the development of policies. And that is one of the roles of the Minister of National Security, to develop policies that will be able to assist and support the police and other persons who are responsible for national safety and security to implement those policies and to judge whether those policies are effective. And then you go down to the secondary level where we look at ways in which the community becomes involved and community engagement and use of sport and other activities that will be able to nip it in the bud before it achieves the, um, before persons go into an, a realm of crime. So there are a number of different things that can be utilized and impactful. Mm -hmm. One of the things Things that we have, as you know, um, in my a few years ago when Gary was commissioner of police, I had developed the I support your service campaign. And that was a campaign that was so impactful and effective that it was attempted to be replicated in other agents, in other areas, in other territories. And so because they understood the importance of enlisting and enrolling corporate Trinidad and Tobago, enrolling uh, members of the community as part of those who would assist and support and aid in the overarching response to national safety and security because it's not really you can't do it on your own you must enlist as many of us as possible to ensure that we can provide support and one of the key elements as you speak to safety and security is that of the perception of fear right now if it's you if you were to have a poll to say whether how fearful are you as a resident of trinidad and tobago a citizen of trinidad and tobago it will be the, you know, the sky is the limit in terms of the perception of fear. So that regardless of what transpires in terms of implementation of strategy, if the perception of fear index remains through the roof, then people will feel as if nothing is being done. And the perception of fear is a direct indicator of those in leadership capacity. If as a leader, you cannot instill a sense of confidence in what you are doing amongst the people who are supposed to implement your policy, amongst those who are supposed to believe that policy, then you have to look at the effectiveness of your leadership. Could it be uh, that policies as they stand right now uh, garners no confidence? Probably we, we are uh, disconnected from what is really needed in the communities around us to really implement something that works. Probably it's the policies that are the problem and not so much leadership. Um, from the NTA point of view, if you were to implement that, let's say um, further down the line, the NTA has been uh, voted into power, what would some of the policies you would implement to garner that confidence? Well, I'm not here to speak on behalf of the NTA because the petition was not an NTA petition. It was a petition started by Nicole Diagraffit. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of NTA, I think that will be a, a question for the NTA mm -hmm. executive. And so, however, from a leadership perspective, I can speak of something that I've heard the NTA political leaders speak to over and over and over again. I can speak of it from the perspective of having seen strategies that were implemented and that were working as evidenced by the decreased numbers of, of murderous crime or heinous crime, as evidenced by increased public perception of a lack of fear, as evidenced by increased public perception of a lack of confidence in the police service, and as evidenced by increased 
increase or decrease in overall um, crime statistics. So it's not as though if you're speaking to NTA, let's look at that. It's not as though we're talking pie in the sky or we're talking airy fairy. We're talking about strategies that would have worked in the past mm -hmm. and strategies that were effective, strategies that utilize predictive policing, strategies that utilize technology, strategies that were all removed when the commissioner of police, former commissioner of police were removed. And therefore, with the removal of those strategies that were proven to be effective, you see the result. So therefore, it is, as I mentioned, it is not something that is intangible. It is a tangible relationship between the lack of effective strategies and an increase in crime. Uh, do you think at this point in time, seeing as we have a female police commissioner, that um, these issues are being highlighted at the moment? Is there any uh, truth to that uh, rumor or, or perception? These issues are being highlighted. What issues in particular? Well, in the, the call for her removal, uh, for saying that her strategies are not being uh, adhered to, she has poor leadership skills, it's time to change. Do you think that that uh, has I, these issues are being presented now, seeing as for many uh, commissioners of police, we seem to have an issue with crime. It's not just this year, last year or the year before that. It's been a while. I just wanted to figure out how uh, different the if leadership is the issue, the leadership has changed so many times. Uh, what's the real issue? What's the real purpose or um, backing behind the, the raise in crime, criminal activity in Trinidad and Tobago? You've asked many questions there. So I'll take the first I, yeah. one the gender. Gender has nothing to do with it. Uh, from my perspective, gender has absolutely nothing to do with leadership. Mm -hmm. You can be, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it takes an, an effective leader is not someone based on their gender. Any gender can be an effective leader. It is based on the strategies. It is based on what you bring to the table in terms of your leadership. And, and the reason I can say that is because you can, you asked me earlier on if it, if I were to suggest someone to be the current Minister of National Security, whom would I suggest? And I mentioned that is not for me to suggest, mm -hmm. that is for the Prime Minister as Chair of the National Security Council and so. And within his cabinet now, there is another female that I would easily suggest hands down who can sit as a Minister of National Security and do a really good job. Mm -hmm. Someone who might have confidence in because she would have had some measure of experience before. So gender has nothing to do with it. It has to do with leadership. It has to do with being able to instill a sense of of confidence in the people you lead, in your charges. It has to do with being able to effectively communicate and articulate a comprehensive strategy that will be implemented by those in your charge. It has to do with being able to be seen to understand and appreciate different measures for different courses. Understand and appreciate that those with criminal intent are way beyond and are more technologically advanced. And the things that we would have implemented that worked previously, there should be no political interference to say we're removing that because I'm advised to remove it or whatever. If something worked, regardless of from whence it came, it should continue. It should, you should never have a gap because something was done by somebody else. It matters not who would have done whatever. It matters not. The point is that if it worked, then do not remove it. And I'll give you a, an example. One of the things that I saw implemented previously was the police, was the reporting app, where if there was a crime, you just dial a specific number and you or you go onto your phone and you report it without anyone knowing 
who would have made the report mm -hmm. without there being any fear of repercussion, without anyone being fearful and afraid of going to a police station and having to undergo. Sometimes it's very traumatic to enter a oh, police station. Very the traumatic. action of doing it, it mm -hmm. is traumatic. Mm -hmm. So therefore to remove that trauma or to remove the, the stigma of so doing, you make it easy for persons to report crime. And guess what happened, Tosca? The level of reporting of crimes went through the roof because people were able to do so without any fear of repercussion a simple strategy why was such a simple strategy removed i can't think of any plausible explanation or reason for that i don't know if you can mm -hmm. but those are the things i'm speaking to when you implement technology and the technology is working why remove the technology why remove things that were proven to have worked so it takes you back to the question of gender gender has nothing to do with it it has to do with leadership regardless of who is in office it has to do with leadership because I recall when former Commissioner Jacob was there, there were calls for him to be removed as well. And he was of a different gender. So mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with impactful leadership, accountability, measurement of performance and management of your assets. Okay. Um, my train of thought as you were talking there, uh, you were talking about the, the leadership style. Um, I just wanted to ask if we were clear if it's definitely leadership or is it um, subordinates not being able to uh, to follow the leadership that is there? And um, if there is any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any opposition towards the leader that is there, be it the National Security Minister and the, um, the head of the police commissioner. Do you think that that is also part of the problem? Of course it would be part of it. In any organization or anywhere, any framework, once you're treating with human beings, of course you will have matters pertaining to human relations. Mm -hmm. But it always boils back to the management. If you cannot manage, manage your human resource capacity competently, you will always have challenges. And it matters not in what position you sit. If you are faced with human challenges or human resource challenges, if you cannot come about with comprehensive strategies to treat with it, you will have challenges. You see, Tosca, I recall um, when Gary was commissioner of police and we had to treat with, when I say we, because I was part of the ISOS campaign and so on, a number of other campaigns. One of the things that we looked at in treating with those campaigns is to increase morale of the police service mm -hmm. because the morale at that point was very low and we shifted that morale from being very low to being extremely high and very motivated, wanting to get out there and get the job done because you felt like you were making an impact. You felt the public was really dependent upon you. You felt like you were being um, rewarded and recognized. And so at that point in time, there was a measured increase in police morale. And so these men and women in the police service, the work that they do is a tireless, thankless job. And it is very challenging to expect persons to operate at an effective manner continuously across the board when they feel as though they are not being thanked or they feel as though they're not being rewarded or they feel as though leadership may not be listening to the comprehensive things that they have to treat with on the outside there. So it's a, it's a number of different things as it pertains to the individuals within the police service. But I want to take it back to the area of policy implementation, which is that of national safety and security. When you have a minister of national security, after such a tragic 
a crime taking place of four children being shot at point blank range to have someone who sits in that position state that we must do a case study on this and that being one of the most comprehensive responses by either party something is inherently wrong something is wrong so that those are some of the issues that it all we can talk about all of these things and strategies and so on from now until thy kingdom come the point is that one must be measured by the metrics the metrics do not lie mm. the numbers do not lie so look at the metrics as of today we are at 450 murders that is not a lie i didn't make that up those are the metrics as of today we have not had a comprehensive statement by either position by either leader as to how are we going to move forward and treat with this we have heard some measures mentioned in the budget i haven't had a chance to fully interrogate the budget however what i did have a look at some of the eight um, measures that were identified in the national security. And, and I'm happy with those measures because those are measures that were removed um, mm. re recently. So that I'm happy to see that they would have seen that these measures, even though they were removed before, it is useful to put them back in place. One wonders and ponders, had those measures not been removed in the first instance, what would have been the numbers in terms of murders and so on today? So it brings us back to the point of leadership, accountability, management, and measurement of performance. All right. Well, I would like to thank you so much for coming in and clarifying for us what the motive of the petition is and um, to, again, highlight some of the things that are needed in Trinidad and Tobago to be discussed to really change the direction and the uh, treatment of crime and the crime situation I just got a question here. Do you think that the detection rate has anything to do with the current situation here? And what do you uh, uh, quickly mention to uh, il increase the detection and the completion rate in Trinidad and Tobago? Absolutely, the detection rate has a part to play. If you are cognizant that you can commit a crime and the, there is a very low percentage of you being caught for that crime, then the opportunity to commit the crime becomes uh, more prevalent for you and you will commit it if you know that you may not be caught. Mm -hmm. So absolutely the detection rate has a part to play, but with a low detection rate, it takes us back to what are we putting in place to implement strategies to respond to that low detection rate. And it brings us back to technology and issues of what would have been done before and the efficacy of what would have been done before. One of the things I just mentioned, Abba, is that of the police app, because one of the things to treat with uh, detection is to know who you're going after. Mm -hmm. If I am afraid to go in a police station to make a report because the next day something is going to happen to me as evidenced by what happened to that 13-year-old child, then of course you're going to have a detection rate that is being lowered because people will be afraid to report the crimes. Uh, the thing is, with the statement you just made there, going into the police station and giving that information, to me sounds like there may be a kind of leaking faucet within the information gathering system right there. So um, how do we address that so that the, the people who are coming in to report remain safe? Uh, is witness protection an issue? How do we deal with that? All of those things can be addressed by simple met implementation of technological advances. It brings me back to the point of the police app. Why was the police app removed? 
if that was an effective tool for reporting and would have given people at least the smallest perception to feel safer doing it, then what was the reason mm. for it to be disbanded? And that, and that's I can't the question. think of a logical or plausible reason. I don't know if you can, mm -hmm. but I can't. And that is what I'm talking about, Tosca. If we were to strip away politics from every discussion, because in Trinidad and Tobago, the unfortunate reality is that every discussion is viewed through a political lens. So as much as I can speak from now until thy kingdom come about metrics and numbers and figures and technology and facts, it will be viewed through a political lens. And most of those who would view it through one political lens would miss the boat completely because all you hear is what is being said against your party or, or your political entity or so on. Mm -hmm. We in Trinidad and Tobago need to begin to remove the political lens that continues to infect every single conversation we have, every decision we make, and every activity we undertake. If you and I and the general population were to simply remove all of these political lens, then we can advance so much more in terms of development, in terms of safety, in terms of security. And that is what we need to do. It, and it really boils down to um, population maturity and understanding and appreciating that regardless of the politics, we, we need to move together. Yeah, if it is, we really want to uh, clean up the space and make Trinidad yeah, and Tobago the beautiful space that it was a few years ago. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mrs. Dyer Griffith, for taking the time out to talk to us about your petition. And um, let's see where it goes from here. Thank you, Tosca, for the opportunity. You have a good day. Same to you.